Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I'm always looking to help the Next Level Soul audience take their soul to the next level. And I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys with a ton of free master classes between 60 and 90 minutes covering mind, body, soul, relationships, and conscious entrepreneurship. Some of these master classes are taught by spiritual masters, relationship experts, best selling authors, legends in the personal growth and spirituality space, and so much more. So if you want to sign up for any of our free mind, body, and soul masterclasses, just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Susan Walter. And after her near-death experience as a child, Susan was given the ability to see in the angelic realms, allowing her to see angels in their pure light form. She uses these messages and ability to draw her angels' portraits and relay messages and insights from what she sees. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show Susan Walter. How are you doing, Susan? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. Thank you so much. for yeah. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So I've been listening to you for a while and I enjoy your shows. So, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's, it's an interesting show and it's an interesting, I, I love the I love the different kinds of people that I get to talk to on the show and uh, it definitely feeds the soul to say the least. Yes. So, um, so my first question to you is, uh, you know, we're going to talk about your near-death experience today, but what was your life like prior to your near-death experience? Um, considering because of how young I was, yeah, how young um, I, was a, I was four and six years old when I had my two NDEs. Um, so yeah, I was just, yeah, a normal Iowa farm kid, mm-hmm. you know, playing outside from sun up to sundown. The only time you went back to the house is when you were hungry. Amen. I remember those days. <laughs> I yeah, remember I wish those we days. had more. Of, I wish we could have more of those again. So, so let's talk about your first one. What, uh, tell me about your first near death experience. And I'm going to be honest. I don't remember the first one with as many details as I remember the second. Um, okay. Um, both were caused by the same thing. Um, I actually had what's ruptured hernias, which I know is very unusual for little girls to have hernias at that age. But so um, I was going during my experiences, I was going through life-saving surgery. Mm. Um, I do remember particularly the one, um, yeah, the, the first one I do remember being, yeah, the laying on the couch, being under a blanket and it was just so heavy but that I couldn't even move it and you know and being really really hot um I remember the doctor coming to the house which they still did back in those days 
Um, and then, you know, I remember going with my mom and dad and the doctor went into the next room just to discuss, was I going to go to University of Iowa or was I going to go to the you know, our local hospital? Um, and I remember following them and just kind of, but up from the point of view about by the ceiling and looking down at them. Um, and then you know, all of a sudden I'm in this park with these trees, you know, massive trees, way bigger than I'd ever seen. Um, now that I've seen pictures of the redwoods, um, I would equate them to that size. And I just remember being introduced to these three beings that I knew to be angels mm -hmm. and how I just knew it, I but I did. Um, and that's really about as much as I can remember on my first one, other than waking up. I remember okay. waking up, waking up my one of my grandmothers was sitting at my bedside. I remember her reading that she was reading a National Geographic and the pyramids um, of Giza were on there. And I just looked at her and she didn't even know I'm awake yet. And then I look at her and say, and where's the rest of them? <laughs> and she just looked at me funny. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, even now we're now figuring out even just on the last two or three years that there's actually foundations of more of them on on the plaza than yeah than you see today there's just foundations left of smaller right. ones but yeah but um the second one i remember a lot more detail all right so tell me what happened in that one yeah that one i'm back in the same park um with the same three beings and it's like i hadn't even left um and I was one of those kids on the farm that if there was a nest of baby mice, or snakes or rabbits or whatever, I found him and I would just gently play with them and then put them right back where I found them. And so I was very connected to the animals at that time. And I, they asked me if I wanted to see the world through the eyes of the animals. So it's like they occupied my time or my energy while I was there, just kind of literally going from one animal to the next. And the next thing I know, I'm not on land anymore. I'm actually swimming. And I feel like I'm in this massive, you know, massive body size. It's, you know, it just felt really big. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm not swimming in the ocean or in the water anymore. I'm swimming in space. I'm swimming in the stars. Mm -hmm. um and then i'm shown what's like the best way i can describe it is like this big rush of energy from this central light source where there's all the, all the like souls being created like the exhale of the creator and all these souls come into being and i'm watching that yeah i'm one of these souls and it's I'm pulled as me and two others are like pulled aside and we're asked to become planet creators. Now I'm still trying to figure out fully what that means, mm -hmm. but um, we, and then we were shown on like these glass pads is the best the way I can describe it because like if there could be pictures on them or they could, it could be completely transparent. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit bigger than the average computer screen. But um, we were shown like what what the world, what would it would be like if we did. 
and what it'd be like if we didn't. Um, the other two beings chose to go on to the angelic realms. I obviously didn't, at least to become an angelic, but it's like I went there for training for a while is the best way I can describe it. And that part of it is a little bit foggier. And I think it's because I'm either not yet ready to remember, or there's some things about that I'm not supposed to remember. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I'm just being shown all these things in my NDE. And then I'm, then I go back to this garden and I, you know, I had a whole bunch of questions. I don't remember all of the questions. And then just like as the questions, as I asked questions and got the answers to what I was asking, it's like I became more and more back to, you know, my physical body at that time. Mm -hmm. And where I even started asking questions about things I was being taught in Sunday school. It didn't make sense to me. Oh, so let me ask you a question though. Did you, when you were there as a six-year-old, did you have the consciousness of a six-year-old or were you, were you experiencing this as a six-year-old or as a higher, you know, expression of your soul? A little bit of both. It's like at the beginning, I was the six-year-old and then I kind of moved into a more, a larger understanding is the best way I can put it. And then as is it like it the experience was kind of starting to come to an end? I went back to that six-year-old again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like you start off connected more to the physical realm as you go out, mm-hmm. you become mm-hmm. more open to your your soul self, if you will. And then it's like, okay, it's starting to go back. So you start to regress back into that mm-hmm. six-year-old. So that's, that's why you were asking the questions about Sunday school and things like that. Right. Yeah. You know, the biggest one that I really remember is asking how long God's day was, because it didn't make sense to me that this, you know, massive being is the best way I could, you know, can describe it in English. Day was the same size as ours. It's like that being was bigger. So their day must be bigger. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And I used to get in trouble in Sunday school a lot for asking questions like that. God forbid, right? <laughs> yeah. God forbid you said you start questioning the pure logic of, of uh-huh. Sunday yeah, school. Yeah, and yeah, very small little uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran church that I grew up in. You know, wasn't prepared. To very progressive, that. I'm assuming. Very progressive. Um, oh yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> so unlike unlike your 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 NDE sounds a bit different than many of that I've heard before because you didn't have a life review. Mm-mm. You didn't. So the people that the the beings that you were talking to, uh, or communicating with, they you consider them were they spirit guides they weren't relatives or of any sort because you're so young you wouldn't have many yeah and and at, the, at that point even most of my great grandparents were still alive I had eight great grandparents growing up and I was wow. up in, yeah well you I I do have three families got it yeah okay so that makes sense so mm-hmm. then so who so what did you believe that these beings were were they spirit guides were they angels what were they. Um, I understood them immediately to be angels. Okay. And you felt you just, you just had that 
knowing. I just had that knowing and how I see, saw them during that experience is still how I see them and how I draw them. So we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. So as you, as you start pulling back, you know, pulling back towards your, your consciousness of a six-year-old, did you ever have a feeling that you wanted to stay? Uh, or were you like, no, I don't want to go back. Cause I've had heard many people like, no, 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 I'm good here. I don't want to go back. I don't really remember making that decision. It was just like, I just did it. You were I just, just back. came back. I, I was just back. And I think that's pretty, you know, it was probably about the time the anesthesia, you know, was wearing off. So did you actually physically die or were this is, is all happening through, during anesthesia? Um, during, probably more during anesthesia. I from what I've been able to gather from my medical records, because they're kind of you know all over the place because we moved a few times, um, and I've only been able to get bits and pieces here and there of what actually happened. The letter that was written by the doctor who performed the surgery um, that went back to my action, you know, to my doctor, you know, where I live didn't really give it a lot of details. There was probably only three sentences even about the surgeries. Got it. But obviously yeah. they would have put something down if like if you if you would have coded or something. You'd think. <laughs> but you know, these weren't the actual, you know, records of what happened in the in there in, you know, during surgery or anything. It was just that this surgery happened on this date. And yeah, you know, I'm the doctor that performed it. And that so, was basically it. All right. So when you came back uh, as a six-year-old, um, even when you came back as a four-year-old, did you talk about this to anybody? I tried to, but, you know, from the mind of a four and six-year-old, you don't really have the words to convey to your parents what you experienced. Did I, did I try? Definitely. Mm -hmm. it, but it came out as what my dad called stories where, you know, when I was a snake, when I was a rabbit, you know, that was the best I knew how to describe it. Cause you know, even if I had heard such a word as near death experience, it was not even any, it wasn't even coined yet for another 10 or 15 years. Right. So when you're, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated about your time, your timeline from when you were six up until you know, where you're older, obviously a teenager or, uh, or in your early twenties, something like this, I'm assuming just really encompasses you as a psychologically, as a person, mm -hmm. uh, you can't really let this go very easily. Uh, I've heard people who've put it away and try to say, no, no, that mm -hmm. never happened. It was a dream. But I'm, uh, so psychologically, as you're growing up with this knowledge inside of you, uh, and we haven't even started, we haven't touched upon your talents yet, the gifts that you were brought back with, but how did you deal with that psychologically as you started to educate yourself more and grow up and mature more as a, mm -hmm. as a human being where you now have the words where you start? did you start doing research into this kind of stuff? Like what was the, what was the process? Um, and, you know, I remember my dad at one point did tell me to quit telling me those stories. Mm-hmm. So um, I did, I just quit talking about it. Um, but yeah, at this time, because, you know, when I came back, I saw my angels all the time then after that. Oh, so, so I this, just quit. 
Yeah. So I, I just quit talking about seeing those things and, and, you know, and the experience that I had. Um, but it's like, I wasn't completely disconnected from it, I guess. And I'm still not, but yeah, I, I was just able to see the angels and all the time after that. And to be honest, I really didn't understand for quite a while that not that everybody didn't experience what I was seeing. So what was, so what was the gift that you came back with? It was this on the first or the second, second time. I was, I don't really remember so much after the one at four, but after the one at six, I do remember clearly seeing them just, they're just there all the time. Still are. They're just hanging out. They're just hanging out, but they Uh don't speak, but they don't speak to you. And they do. Sometimes they do. Um, Some of them are not so good about speaking English either. That's a, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit of a problem that's I mean, for us understanding. Get them, get them a get him a Rosetta Stone app or something. I mean <laughs> <laughs> a babble. Because I mean, come on. <laughs> when they even communicate with each other, to me it sounds more tonal, more and it has more of a frequency and musical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you have so now you're walking around as you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year old. How does that it's seeing you're saying that you're seeing angels? How does that affect you socially? How does that affect you growing up? I mean, I, I growing up's tough by itself, let alone <laughs> yeah. seeing beings who are just chilling mm-hmm. <laughs> around. Yeah, you. and they were supportive. Um, but yeah, after a while, I think I kind of got so I almost ignored them, to be honest. Right um because it's like you just take for granted that they're they're always there um I did kind of as time went on and you know I did eventually learn how to kind of turn the volume down a little bit where I see them like more as like a sphere of kind of that's kind of looks like a snow globe of color that's just constantly moving Mm -hmm. snow globe full of glitter is the best way I can describe it so I have to ask you, why do you think this ability came back with you? Uh, what's the purpose of it? What is the evolutionary purpose for you, your soul, for humanity, if there is one? Um, my, one of my purposes in this lifetime is to help people feel more connected to the divine. And I think angels are a very common way that a lot, I think a lot of people can understand and can do that. So are angels... So in let me let's talk about angels for a second because it's that that's a very big word angels, um and it's been misunderstood for many years. I mean obviously there's Archangel Michael and Raphael and Gabriel and these these kind of you know historical um, mythology if you will through throughout time. Um, when you say angel, is that just is that a lack of a better word for what you see, or and if it is an angel as we know it what is an angel what's the definition of one and the definition of an angel for me is there are multi-dimensional beings made of light and there are ones that even exist in different frequencies yeah um yeah and there's like archangels that kind of are come and go as they're called upon and needed and then we also have one that are personal to us that stay with us at all times would they be considered spirit guides or that's a separate situation 
Um, my understanding and what they have shown me is that's separate where um, it's extremely unusual for an angel to take physical form, mm -hmm. have a physical lifetime where spirit guides is just the opposite. It's almost like unusual that they don't. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So there are things that angels, uh, you know, understand better. And there are things that spirit guides understand better. Um, like time is totally different, you know, for an angelic being than it is for us ha having a physical experience. So your spirit guides understand time better. Got it. Because they've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what, so, so to my first question, what was the, what do you think you came back with this as far as like, uh, is it more to show humanity but mm -hmm. in your own evolution, what is it is it doing as well? Yeah, it's like I have this constant connection to the divine because of it. And has that ever been a burden to you? I've never felt like it was. No, no, I really haven't. Yeah, it, to I mean, me, yeah, I really don't remember life without it. So it, um, I yeah, think you if so I lost young. it, I would, I'd have this big, empty space. And, and as you've been going along through life, have they, I mean, how have they guided you, helped you, you know, obviously protected you along the way, but how is it, I, I mean, the, the main question is, how is it hanging out with angels all day, every day that you can see and, and somewhat communicate with? Yeah, I've, you know, in a lot of ways, I've had a pretty normal life. I've been married a couple of times. I've got four great kids. Um, I'm now a grandmother. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I've done all the things that most of us have done. You know, I had the corporate job for a number of years. Um, I got out of that a few years ago, but, um, you know, I was a web designer and developer for 14 years mm -hmm. at one point. You know, just lived actually a pretty normal life because there was times I was not good about listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if there were times I made things a little harder than myself for myself than I needed to, mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, it's like, sometimes they're standing there, um, pointing in a certain direction or, um, illuminating a certain choice. And sometimes it's like, well, no, I want to go do this. And generally, that generally doesn't work out very well for us. No, it doesn't. Uh, it, as... it, it was, my life would probably have been a lot easier if I had listened better. <laughs> Now, also from my understanding that you can see angels and as from on other people as well, correct? Um, I can now. I didn't always. Okay. Um, that started in oh, probably like ninety. It was January of ninety-seven was when that started. What um, was that like? And at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom because I am. Um, at the time, two of my boys were teenagers, and then I also had two toddlers, so I was you know kind of busy. But um, I literally didn't kind of noticed I was seeing a few more than normal, but really didn't think much of it. I you know, hadn't really sat down with that yet. Um, and then I went to the grocery store and um, got up down about two aisles and literally left the grocery cart in the middle of the aisle and went back home. Because it was just, it was a little overwhelming at first. Because most of the time they show themselves as being anywhere from 12, 15, 18 feet tall. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
so it, you know, it was kind of overwhelming. So, you know, as I went home and as, you know, as soon as I was able, you know, being a busy mom, um, I sat down in meditation, just going, you know, what's going on here? What am I supposed to do this? Why me? All those questions I think anybody would ask. And they were very adamant that I was supposed to find a way to either paint or draw them. Hmm. And I first I thing I did was argue for like six months. You know, I don't have the time for this. I and I'm, and I don't know how. Right. You and, didn't have you didn't have the skill set at that point. No, I did not. Um I remember as a young kid when I was oh, probably nine or 10 years old, I found out I was born the same day as Michelangelo. And I thought that meant something. Because <laughs> you're, right. you're the only one that was born on the same day Michelangelo was born. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a naive kid. I will grant it. But uh, yeah, so I had, I'd had a fascination with art and I doodled, but yeah, I wasn't any good at all. As a matter of fact, my high school art teacher had told me not to bother. As they, as high school teachers end up doing sometimes. Yes. Um, so when you see when you see angels around other uh, people, uh, strangers sometimes, or family oh, yeah. members, or your kids, I'm imagining you see the angels around them. Um, what is is there a difference between what you've been dealing with for since you were a child? Um, are there messages that come through? You know, what is what is the purpose you think? Um, yeah, I think it's really to you know to help them get, connect and understand that they do have a support system, that they do, yeah, have lessons that they're on this, you know, it, that they're here to learn and things are here to experience. Um, and that there's, you know, there's more to life than just, you know, what we can touch and experience and physically see that there's more to life. And do you, uh, but do you like do readings of, with people and angels? How does that work? Um, I actually draw them for people. So they actually walk away with, you know, after an hour session with me, they walk away with a physical portrait. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know, as far as information, it's like some of them are more talkative than others. Mm -hmm. um, some feel like they, because we, you know, the person they're with has ignored them for so long. It's kind of like, almost like they need to learn how to talk to a human in some ways, it seems like. Um, and sometimes, a lot, well, actually, a lot of the times they don't even want to talk to me. They want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. They want to talk to the person that they're with. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so it's like sometimes I it's like I get subtle messages. Sometimes it's like they give me like little snapshots, like little photos of of things in your head. Um, yes, that mm -hmm. come in. So you almost kind of like channel them in a sense. Yes, quick mm -hmm. like quick little bursts of channeling. Right. So during I mean during your lifetime of doing all of this. I mean, again, it's because you started off so young. It seems like it's just second nature at this point. It's like, it's not something like you picked up at 30, you know, and like your whole life was something beforehand. And now it's after, it's like before and after situation. You pretty much got it at the beginning, close to the beginning of your life. Um, yeah. And it was really just, you know, when I was, I think it was, I was 97, I was 36 when I started seeing other people's and drawing them. And, and learning how to draw and then eventually learning how to paint too. But 
How so? Obviously, people have known about this about you for a while. How did I mean? Again, since you started so young, you didn't have a, a core group of friends or people. But I have to imagine, though, on a psychological level, there have been issues with family members who were like, and maybe friends who discover afterwards. How do you deal with that as a person who has these kind of gifts? Yeah, um, at this point, I just don't hide it. Um, did, I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, I've had to be true to who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I know my family isn't, my brother and sister particularly don't get, but yeah, they have a totally different perspective on life. You know, they're, you know, um, my brother's president of a bank. You know, he doesn't understand. <laughs> I, my sister says, um, a school teacher and married to a stockbroker. Yeah, so yeah. not 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 then, so much with the angels. Mm, no, <laughs> no. And I, yeah, I am the very first. There's never been an artist, your musician, or writer, or anything like that in the family before me. You're the first, yeah, because normally art artists kind of have a, a lineage, if you will, the right. DNA. And, there's some DNA involved. Yeah, and there's not with me. So no, it's all over my astrology chart. Yeah, of course. <laughs> According of course. to the readings that I've had. So with all this information of, you know, connections to the divine that you have and have had over the course of your life, are there any lessons? Are there any things that you've picked up along the way, truths, uh, knowings about why we're here, what we're doing, things like that, that you could share with the audience? Uh the main reasons that we're here and that our angels are here to support us is um, it's like we sat down with them like between lifetimes and we plan out these are the things we want to experience. These are the lessons that we want to learn. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And it's they help like line up those situate, you know, to learn those lessons. So for example, if, you know, one of the main things you need to learn is forgiveness, they'll put you in situation after situation after situation where you have to forgive somebody, maybe even yourself, um, until you get it. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, you know, you feel like you've gotten the spiritual clue by four upside the head. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I think we've all experienced that at one, you know, with one lesson or another in our lifetimes. That we just keep going down the road, and they and they seem to be getting more difficult if we don't get mm-hmm. it. Like it, until it, you know, it starts off with a nudge, and then it ends up with a, a two by four on the, on the side of your head. Yeah, kind of vibe, and that's kind of what we're basically here to do. And and the 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 angels that work with you and. Uh, or the angels that are with you as a person, as well as spirit guides, as well as ascended masters, sometimes who mm-hmm. are, you know, come in and out and guide you through. This has all been laid out. Like you, this is a test. I'm like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I really need to learn about how to forgive. So can you guys throw some stuff at me uh, mm-hmm. while I'm down there? And that's it. And then you're like, all right, let's start off with something small. See if he gets it quickly. If not, no, he didn't get it. Oh, this looks like it's going to be a while, guys. All right, let's just keep 
Just keep bringing him in. Let's attract uh-huh. that person. Oh, you over there, you, he's going to mm-hmm. want to forgive you. And that's kind of the, the, the pattern until you finally get it and mm-hmm. go, oh, okay, I need to forgive or I need to. Not. I need to change. Yeah. Change this habit, that habit, you know, learn the lesson to, you know, some people it's just to take better care of themselves to realize that, you know, we were given, you know, these essentially in a way, temp- energetic temples that mm-hmm. we also need to honor, honor them and take care of them. Right. And, and Cause, you know, a lot of times we, we abuse ourselves until we get 60 and something starts hurting. And, you know, then we realize, Oh, gee, Maybe I shouldn't have been eating those burgers and bacon and drinking soda every single day for every yeah. single meal. <laughs> it, it's in, yeah, it's interesting on on that topic. I mean, because you know, when we're in our twenties and when we're our teenagers, we do whatever we want to our bodies, anything we want, because we're invulnerable at that age. At least that's what we think. Yeah, we and we think we're invincible. Completely, they think we are. And then as you get older, you just start, Hey, that didn't hurt before. Hey, what's going on here? And why, I, why can't I eat Taco Bell at three o'clock in the morning anymore after <laughs> not sleeping for, you know, 24 hours and like those kind of things. But as you get older, you start to realize those things and hopefully you do. Not everyone does. I know, you know, but like they say, you don't see a lot of, you know, obese 80 year olds walking around. You know, a lot of obese 70 year olds walking around. There is a, there is a problem <laughs> to say the least. I think it's a lesson that a lot of us are trying to learn and go through. In life yeah. Mm-hmm. To take care of yeah. to better. And not only to take better care of ourselves physically, but to take care of ourselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually as well. These are all lessons that, that I think we're all still learning. I think as a, as a species as well. Right. Yeah. And it's like, we, it's not just even what we're physically feeding our body. It's also can be, you know, what are we feeding our ears? You know, what, you know, energetically, you know, are we around people that are negative? Are we listening to the news and all that negativity, negativity and fear porn all the time? You know, that affects us energetically, spiritually, and emotionally too. We need to, you know, all things in moderation. Right. <laughs> to a certain extent, absolutely. To a certain extent, all things with moderation. Um, now, we, we kind of touched upon this a little bit with our, our life journey. But one thing that I, I've noticed that we, we I noticed, everyone notices this and everyone deals with this is fear. Fear of moving forward, fear of following your dreams, fear of of just, you know, things that should you shouldn't have be fearful of. Um do you have any advice on how to overcome fear in our lives and not the good fear, like the tigers around the corner kind of fear that's good fear, but the kind of fear that is self-created to basically block our evolution, if you will. Yeah. If it's, you know, like about following your dreams, for example, um, you know, I mean, this is the way I look at what if, what if you didn't try? You didn't try to follow that dream and see if you can make it happen. You know, how would you feel when you're 60, 70, 80 years old and you didn't at least give it a shot? Yeah. And yeah, most of, you know, if if you're afraid of say something like what others are going to think of you, (laughs) to be honest, most of the time they really don't think of you. They don't think of you often enough or with enough care that, you know, if they're stopping you from
from doing what you really want to do or what you really desire and stop you from being who you truly are, then they're not really your friends. And that goes for family members as well. Sometimes. Um, sometimes it does. Um, blood isn't always thicker than water. That's what I, yeah, I've kind of come, I've come to grips with that in my life as well is sometimes it's just, it's rough. <laughs> this is not an easy journey, this life thing. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, family members are not always from your same soul, your actual soul group. You know, right. you don't always have that connection to them. And can you talk, can you, you mentioned soul group. Can you just explain to people what a soul group is for those who don't know? Um, it's the way I understand it. Now, could I, could I be wrong? Yes. Um, the way I understand it, it's like groups of, of souls that were like created at the same moment or the same second, the same exhale. They were, you know, they were a cluster together in some way. So they feel more connected to each other. It can also be people that, you know, have, you know, think more in the same patterns. So they're on this, they exist in the same, their thought patterns are in the same frequency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That old um, saying like attracts like, yeah, that's really all about frequency. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, you know, like if you have somebody that goes into one of those rooms that's completely um, blocking all light, sound, everything from the exterior, you're still going to hear two things. You're still going to hear your own nervous system and your own heart beating. Mm -hmm. That nervous system is because it puts off, you know, your nerves actually puts off a frequency. So when you say somebody gets on your nerves, they really do because your frequencies are so different that they don't, you know, communication can be difficult. Yeah. You know, you're just, you, you think completely differently. But with, with frequencies, from my understanding is like you said, frequencies attra like attracts like in our life, as we evolve um, and change and grow, our frequency hopefully goes up. Um, it, yeah. It speeds. You know, I think of it as Faster, slower, more than higher, lower. I think that's more a more accurate description for 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 frequency. But is vibration the same? I think vibration goes up and down. Um, it's I I think of them as pretty much the same thing. Got it. All right. So speeding up, potato, potato. It's it's speeding up or going yeah. up or down. It's 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 it, there's a difference yeah. in 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 tone, if you will. In, yeah, in, I in, just like, I think the description is more accurate of faster, slower. Got it. So slower would be more of a primal, lower, um, I use yep. lower, uh, uh -huh. but slower yeah. would be lower and higher right. it would be. So faster. something like mm -hmm. hate, anger, fear has a charge to it. Right. Love, forgiveness, compassion, empathy has a different, a different connected vibe to it, if you will. Right. Uh, and yeah, and that's a, those are faster frequencies. So when you meet uh, certain people, like, you know, when you meet very highly evolved spiritual beings, uh, if you're in the room with the Dalai Lama, let's say, or someone along those lines, if just to use a bit, lack of a better, or a mother Teresa, um, you would feel the difference. And I've been in the rooms with some of these people, not those specific people, but been in the room with these kind of people before. And you definitely, can't put your your finger on it honestly of what 
the thing is there. And then you could also meet someone who's, you know, very dark um, and toxic. We've all met toxic people in our lives. Who, and it's their own toxicity that they're dealing with. But when you meet them, you just go, ooh, I don't want to be around this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People that like to say drama, for example. Oh, that love the drama, the drama queens. Yes. The drama queens <laughs> yes. who just want to bring you, suck you into their drama to mm -hmm. create this kind of toxic environment. Um, it's really, it's a, it's, it's fairly, very fascinating. So I want to ask you as well, what is the biggest lesson you picked up from your near death experience from this, this whole journey that you've been on so far, because it seems pretty extraordinary what you're going through. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, it's, I think for me, it's that I've really honestly put more weight on the spiritual than I do on the physical as a result of my experience. Um, sometimes that has served me very, very well. Other times it's made life a little more difficult, at least as far as a 3D reality. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, sometimes things like um, finances can be a little more difficult, understanding how that, how that works, because that's a very 3D structure, a very 3D way of, you know, looking at life and things, you yeah, know, and sometimes I'm, I'm not very good at that part. <laughs> So well, you're, then, yeah. you're an artist. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. The brain's wired a little bit differently. <laughs> no question. I understand. I'm an artist. I, I've been blessed with a little bit of a business side as well in the art world, but, uh, but you asked me to do some accounting and forget about it. I'm done. I don't want, it's just not the way I'm wired. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do I, it. So I understand completely. Yeah, I have an accountant for a reason. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you definitely do. Um, now, I'm going to ask you a few questions, ask all of my guests. Um, what is your definition of a good life? Family, friends, connections, making connections with other people. Yeah, feeling. You know, those heart connections, I think, are some of the most important parts of life. Uh, what is your mission in this life? Um, connecting others with the divine and helping people realize that there's more to life than what we can physically touch. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? Love. Yeah, but it always goes down to love, doesn't it? It does. It is the highest form of any, any expression that we do is love. Yeah, that's without, the fastest frequency. Without, without, from, at least from our perspective. Exactly, exactly. Now, where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Um, I have a website, um, susanwalterart.com. Um, I can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And uh, I, I thank you for sharing your, your, your journey and your life story with us. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. I want to thank Susan so much for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 140. 
And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, journey, it is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.